Hello and welcome to the Slowpoke Travel Podcast. I am Buck and I am a sweaty mess. Uh, so I thought that I'd start this video with this disgusting intro of me just a aging, overweight, uh, sweaty man because there's nowhere to go but up from here. This video can only improve. But I did not have a heart attack today. Although it is uh, around noon and I've been out walking in the sunshine in the clear uh, Florida afternoon with the sun beating down, you know, it's like a Lawrence Arabia type scenario, except for instead of in the sandy desert, I'm in a different kind of desert. I'm in a retirement desert. We're doing a house sit in a, in a 55 plus community a vast, sprawling estate of uh, retirees and little uh, cookie-cutter houses and yards and SUVs. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you put a blindfold, you know, if I, if I put on a blindfold and spun around three times and then took a blindfold off, you know, I'd have a hard time uh, figuring out how to get home. You know, I have to walk around the neighborhood looking at the numbers because everything looks exactly the same. Which I can see the appeal of in some ways, but in some ways it's not my style. Uh, I like a little more individuality, I think. But that's one of the great things about house sitting is that we get to travel around to different locations and actually live in different people's homes. Folks that have different tastes and different lifestyles and we get to sample um, those experiences for a extended period of time. Oftentimes this particular house that we're at for three weeks. And then after this, we are going to, uh, uh, a return house sit in another part of Florida for three weeks and then a return house sit to another, uh, part of Florida, uh, for three weeks. We are enjoying the house sitting in Florida. It is very functional. You know, if you don't know anything about house sitting, I got links down below that'll take you to our website and some articles that we've written about house sitting. But house sitting is fantastic. I mean, it's a great way to travel. I mean, there are definitely some pros and cons, but from my, pers from my perspective, it's a lot of pros. And it's definitely gotten us through this first or second year of post-pandemic. I shouldn't even say that word because I'm sure the internet algorithm uh, monsters uh, flag any, you know, anything having to do with anything that anybody wants to argue about, you know, can be affected by the language. I don't know exactly what I just said, but, you know, I'm a dehydrated older person. And I know I'm older because you know, like in the old Jimmy Stewart movies and John Wayne movies, you just those old movies where people used to pull their pants up. You know, you pull your pants up to where your belly button is or maybe a little higher. I do that now. <laughs> my pants are up. I don't have my pants hanging down where they used to hang down. Now they're up because your body shape changes. You know, it's definitely snowballed in the last year, although I don't feel too bad. I mean, I actually weigh less now than I have really since I was a very young man, although I was kind of heavy as a young man, but I weigh as much now as I did when I was in my early 20s. 
And I mean, if I weighed this, I mean, if I weighed like this back then, I was in great shape. But now I'm at that weight and I'm not in great shape. And it's because, you know, a lot of that weight used to be muscle. Not that I was ever overly musculature-y, but man, a lot of that old muscle weight is no longer muscle weight. I wonder what it can be. Maybe my organs have gotten larger. Maybe I have more lymph nodes. Could I have more blood? I certainly don't have uh, more hair. Also, some of that weight, some of that weight, the hair, the hair weight is gone as well. So my muscle weight and my hair weight have been offset by fat. It's fat. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, I'm just, I'm just really disappointed <laughs> to weigh as much as I weigh right now, which is around 182, 183, some days it's 179, some days it's 185, but I've been keeping in that range now, around 180 for long enough to where I feel that that's my new weight. Man, when I got off the trail, I think the first time I went backpacking on the Appalachian Trail, it was in the early 90s, and when I hit the trail, I weighed 250 pounds. I mean, I was big. You know, I was, you know, because I, cause I was at a point in my life where I wasn't thrilled. You know, I, you know, a lot of things had come to a head. You know, I had been working at a job for nine years. You know, and I just, I, I hadn't enjoyed the job for quite a while. And I was looking to make a change in my life. You know, because I didn't enjoy going to work. I was very shy. You know, I wanted a life of adventure because I read a lot. I was a nerd, you know, but in real life, I just had a job I didn't love and I ate a lot of fried chicken and donuts and, um, you know, I just, I was in, um, you know, my mid twenties and I, I don't know, I just didn't have any direction. I felt like, you know, I'd already had a job for nine years. So that's like a midlife crisis. Usually... You know, somebody, you know, you go to school, blah, 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 you get a job. And by the time you've had a job for, you know, almost a decade, you know, you're in your 30s. You're creeping up toward your 40s, maybe. Uh, so you have your midlife crisis. But here I was in my mid-20s. And I got to kind of experience a midlife crisis so early in my life because I had been in a rut for almost a decade. Uh, but what was my point? My point was I went hiking at 250 pounds. And after hiking on the Appalachian Trail for four months, I weighed 180 pounds. Pretty much what I weigh right now, except for mid-20s me at 180 pounds after hiking for four months. I mean, I, was like, I wasn't Conan the Barbarian. I wasn't even uh, Conan, Conan the Barbarian's uh, sickly nephew, but I was still, you know, in that kind of, you know, Nordic uh, thug realm. You know, I sort of looked like I could do some damage. You know, if, uh, if you were weaker and smaller than me, you, you might want to think twice before, uh, you know, trying to buy your Fruit Loops ahead of me in line. But I felt like I came off the trail looking pretty good at this weight. Now here I am, you know, boom, fast forward uh, 35 years. And at that same weight now, I am not 
in any way Nordic or imposing. I am surprisingly still chubby because all of that muscle, muscle memory, talk about muscle memory, all of my muscle memory is up here. It is all 100% memory. Even so, I feel good. But uh, I'm walking every day, twice a day. This has kind of been like a healthy little um, house sit for us because it's out in the boonies. And by boonies, I mean you have to get in a car to go anywhere. We're not in the boonies like we're in some secluded rural area. We feel, or this feels like we're in a, you ever see that movie Vivarium? I think that's how it's pronounced, Vivarium. I'll put a link down below. There'll be links to everything that you could ever imagine down below. But it's a movie with um, Isaac, Isaac Eisenberg. Anyway, this actor, Jason Eisenberg? Jesse Eisenberg. But it's a, it's a movie about these folks that go to live in this sort of subdivision. And that's kind of where we're staying right now in this house it, which has you know, it's pros and cons. I can see where I, a lot of people live here. There are a lot of retirees. It's kind of a, you know, okay to do uh, area. You know, you know, people, people hard up don't live here. It's a very nice area. And people, there is some slight diversity, but almost everybody looks like a retired uh, professor, engineer, something like that. It's all a bunch of retired professionals, some retired military people, but just a very cookie cutter environment. Everybody's yard looks the same. The houses all look the same. Everybody's playing pickleball, uh, riding their bicycles and you wave, you got to wave. You got to wave at everybody. I don't know anybody, but you wave at everybody. It's great. It sort of has like, it's almost like a 1950s, the idea of the lost 1950s, you know, for, uh, you know, the, you know, leave it to beaver crowd, you know, sort of looks like that, you know, although it's not all, I mean, there's definitely some um, Asian families here. Uh, there's some uh, African American families here. There's a little bit of diversity you're seeing, you know, it's not entirely leave it to beaver but mostly it's leave it to beaver and I can see the appeal but it's probably not my style you know I probably spent too much time camping I probably spent too much time working in restaurants uh, with a, a diverse crowd well I say a diverse crowd working in restaurants but a lot of the crowd working in restaurants especially in the kitchen isn't a diverse crowd it's a lot of uh, recovering and not quite recovering alcoholics. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very, you know, a certain, a certain type of person that uh, works in a kitchen and does it for a while. And I did it for a long time, many, many years, but I did it in a lot of different kitchens. So for me, it was a form of, um, you know, like remote work. I always, I, you know, when I think about remote work, I, I think I'm, I think I was like one of the, well, I don't know. I was a remote worker before remote work, before the computer, I was a remote worker because I would go work somewhere remotely. 
not working on my computer, but I would actually go to a remote location and work someplace in the wilderness in Alaska or in Wyoming or in some place where there weren't people. So they would have to bring in people to work there and that's called remote work, seasonal work, where you go work in a uh, tourist lodge or a hotel or some type of resort uh, near a national park or in a national park or some sort of destination where people want to go to in vacation but there is no actual town there so you have to bring in all of your people and you work for a season and then everything shuts down and you got to go somewhere else so you take your skill like working in a kitchen and you pack up and you know I used to go from uh, Wyoming to New Orleans back and forth you know sometimes I'd stay in Wyoming for a few years sometimes I'd stay in New Orleans for a few years but there were a lot of years where I would just bounce summers in Wyoming and summer or in winters in New Orleans and falls in Las Vegas or uh, backpacking on the trail for a little bit um, so it was kind of like remote work in that you were traveling and working but you were you weren't bringing your computer and your job with you. Your job was waiting for you at some kitchen or restaurant where they were about to get busy for a few months. So they'd be glad to see you coming and they'd be glad to see you go after all the business was gone. So that sort of lifestyle uh, gave me kind of a short attention span and it made me want to uh, be in different environments you know, for short periods of time. I have a short attention span. So a place like this, where there is such uniformity, this has been a good experience uh, for this six-week house sit. Don't think that I would want to be here for an entire year. Of course, a lot of people that uh, stay here don't stay here for an entire year either. They're retired and this is their home base and they travel. And that's why we're doing this house sit right now. So I could see that, except for you have to have a car to live here. Not interested in living anywhere where you have to have a car. But I just wanted to make this video today because I haven't made a video in a while. So I just thought I would just update on our house sitting situation, which is we've been house sitting in Florida. We've had a couple of house sits in Florida this year. We got a house sit right now in Florida. We got two more. Uh, coming up in Florida. So we're booked house it wise really until the end of August and then I don't know, but I'm hoping that it's gonna be um, Something different other than house sitting in Florida and I think we're holding out for it because we've seen a few uh, House sitting opportunities. I think normally we would have maybe thought about applying for but we're waiting because we might uh, depending on the COVID situation uh, do something a little more interesting to break up this Florida monotony. Do you like Florida? Do you know anything about Florida? I'm up to my elbows in Florida. I had to cut because that conversation spiraled and went down the toilet and uh, I drowned. But I crawled back out of the toilet and here I am. All right, I think I'm starting to cool down. I got to do my Spanish. I've been trying to do an hour of Spanish every day, sometimes more than an hour. I do Spanish with Duolingo, which is an app on my phone. 
I do YouTube video Spanish in that, you know, there are a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials uh, where people are teaching Spanish and I look at those. I go to different uh, websites uh, where they have Spanish text written out and I read the text. Um, I like making cooking videos. I love cooking, so I watch um, some Spanish uh, language uh, cooking videos because I know I can tell by what they're doing and the ingredients. I know a lot of what they're talking about, so I can it's, I can better understand it. You know, if I was watching, you know, some Spanish language <laughs> car repair, I'd have a hard time following it, but I can follow the cooking stuff. So that helps me learn. And I've started uh, using, uh, I've, st I've started using uh, an actual live tutor online. So once or twice a week, uh, you know, I spend an hour uh, kind of like on a Zoom call uh, with a, um, uh, with a, span a, a natural Spanish speaking person in Mexico. So, you know, I've, I've reached a point where I can make use of that, but it really only magnifies my inability to speak and, and understand Spanish, but I am slowly progressing. Um, so I've been working on uh, that. So I think we're leaning towards, uh, heading towards a Spanish speaking uh, country uh, for our first travels back out of the country if, if everything uh, continues um, opening up. Although, you know, I showed a, a camera girl a house sit this morning in Edinburgh, Scotland. But um, it was that time of year that was going to be cold. I showed her one up in Vancouver, Canada, too, that was on a boat. A house sit on a boat, which would be terrible. But still, it's good to do terrible things. Because it's a good experience. You know, you got you to gotta do things that maybe ain't so great. So that you'll appreciate the things that are better. That's why I'm, as much as I want to go back to Mexico, and you know, every other day I'm like, Mexico, Mexico. I keep thinking, well, we don't want to go to Mexico first because my my um, I'm, I'm, my anticipation is too high. I'm too high on my last memories of Mexico. So it'll be a definite letdown if I go right from here back to Mexico because I built it up too much in my mind. So I need to uh, temper those expectations with the trip somewhere else first. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But I've just been thinking about doing a dang uh, podcast for such a long time and I don't do it. You know, I got some, some subjects I could do it about because I've been using my Kindle a lot and I'm very happy with the Kindle and I've been reading a lot. Um, because of all the lockdowns and stuff and because we couldn't or I couldn't go to bookstores or I wasn't comfortable going to thrift stores and buying actual books for a long time so I got a Kindle and so I started reading a lot more and I really love the Kindle because now I can order whatever I want to read whatever pops into my head that I want to read you know I can go find it and see how much it is you know if it's too much more than I want to pay I can put it on a list and wait for it to go on sale but I can think about what I'm interested in reading and then I can get it. Whereas I always, you know, over the last few years, I've always just gone to a thrift store or a used bookstore or someplace where there was a finite, limited 
a number of books and then I would find something in that that I would be happy to read. So here's, here's, here are your options, choose one. Whereas, you know, with the internet, you know, I got all options and I can just decide and then go find whatever it is. So I've gotten to read some more obscure books. Doris Pizertia, I think that's how you say her last name. She's an author. I read a little bit when I was a kid and I enjoyed her books. And so there's a certain nostalgia in her books. Science fiction, kind of weird. She's a, she's a good writer. Just interesting stuff. Something that's very hard to find uh, in a thrift store or used bookstore. And certainly not in a new bookstore because her stuff's been out of print for a long time. But I've been reading some of her, you know. Uh, who's the guy? The, the director who did um, Bone Tomahawk and he did Dragged Across Concrete and he did The Brawl. Can't think of his name. I'll put it here. Uh, but he's got some books that you're definitely not going to find. Uh, but I've been able to read all of his novels uh, on the Kindle. Um, Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Just one of the... Just a fantastic movie. The Brawl. The first time I saw The Brawl hated it but it's a movie I can rewatch. I enjoy it more every time I see it it's kind of like that Brad Pitt movie what's that Brad Pitt movie um, he plays I uh, had James Gandolfini uh, there's a clip of Obama speaking it has something to do it's about the United States and the financial crisis and and how the mafia is sort of like the Wall Street guys and I can't think of the name of that movie, but I'll put that right here. And that's a movie I can watch over and over again. And I saw that movie in the theater, and I just, I didn't care for it at all. But I watched it a second time, I was like, ah, oh, this is a great movie. And I can watch it over and over again, because it's very talky. You know, if, if you got really good actors and they're saying interesting things, um, and there's a lot of language, if there's a lot of narration, or a lot of um, conversation, just a lot of cool talking. You know, like Glengarry Glen Ross. You know, it's like a play, because I love reading plays, because it's all dialogue. So, for some reason, like the plays of David Mamet, I can read, I can read plays and enjoy them. I don't know why. But have you ever done that? It's like uh, poetry, some poetry. Like uh, Charles Bukowski. I hated Charles Bukowski when I was a kid. You know, because I would read some poetry and I would write some poetry because I was pudgy and I didn't have any friends. But I'd heard about Charles Bukowski and I read Charles Bukowski as a, you know, a high schooler and as a young man and it was terrible. It was just terrible. But then once I started living in New Orleans and spending a lot of time in bars, then I could see that it, then it was very believable. You know, then what he was writing, I could see it all around me. I could see these, these people depicted in uh, the Bukowski poetry. You know, then it became, oh, now I understand this. And so I love reading Charles Bukowski because his stuff just rolls off the tongue. It's, you know, you don't have to be a genius. Uh, to read Charles Bukowski. And so I, I got hooked on his poetry, read tons of his poetry, love it, got great books. What are they? What is it? Ham on Rye and uh, 
one about working in the post office. I don't know. I've read a bunch of those books. But uh, <laughs> this, this, this podcast is just totally spiraled. Um, I guess I haven't been talking in a while. Uh, but anyhow, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm sure my battery is going to go put before too long. Check out our cooking videos over on our cooking channel. You know, we've been pretty good about uh, doing a cooking video every week and haven't been great uh, over here on the travel channel because our travels have been sort of, I don't know, I bet you, I bet you people would be interested in it, but it just seems like the same old, I mean, Florida, I can never get excited about Florida. You know, the grass is always greener. So here I am sitting in the green grass of Florida, which is just a, uh, a saying because actually it's the burnt, um, the burnt grass of Florida. Um, but yeah, it's great here. I just need to go somewhere else first to appreciate it. <laughs> but I hope you're having a great weekend. Blah, blah, blah. Alrighty, that is it. Click, subscribe, review, share, all over the global internet sphere. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Slowpoke Travel Podcast.